What's up, everyone? Ryan here, back with the Roundtable Talks for Episode 6. And I'm so excited to have a roundtable talk with my friends, my family, Emma and Jojo Morris. We're going to talk about adventuring stewardship, the adventure of God and how stewarding his call in our lives and being obedient to him when it's easy and fun, but also when it's hard, scary, and confusing. So if you're in a spot in your life where you don't know what it looks like for how God's moving and you don't know the next direction or step or twist and turn that's going to come around the corner, this episode is for you because the same way God is being with Emma and Jojo is the same way God is going to be with you. So check it out. Dang, that's like church already. Welcome to the Move Podcast, a young adult movement out of Bethel, Cleveland, where we focus on the move of God within our lives. I pray that you are awakened and inspired by the Lord and that he moves powerfully in and through your lives for such a time as this. Well, I'm so excited, everyone, to have JoJo and Emma Morris in the house. What's up? So excited to connect with you guys and hear yeah. your story. Um, you guys moved here, what, about a year and a half ago? We did. And we just became such great friends, really, from the start. Uh, Pastor Jay was like, Ryan, you got to meet JoJo. He's like you on steroids. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, he's that good looking, huh? No. <laughs> but I'm like, he's like, he's awesome. He has so much energy. And we just met. And it was just like fantastic band like oh, we knew cool. them and uh so it's so excited to have you guys on our podcast for episode six Thank um you. i'm so excited for everyone who knows you and people who don't know you who are listening uh to hear your story and to hear about how god has moved is moving and will move in your lives um our hope for these episodes are to really set up kind of a buffet so that people can see you guys eating and see the food that's displayed and be like oh that's what i want for my life i want to mm. find god and sense God and see God and experience God in those ways. So uh, if you're listening today, we we pray that this podcast inspires you, yeah. awakens you, and reminds you that God is always moving in our lives, whether we see it, sense it, or feel it. Um, oftentimes in the storms, we can't sense him. But when we look back, we see his fingerprints all over it. Mm -hmm. So enough of me. Tell me a little bit about your guys' stories. Emma, I'd love to start with you. What made you you? Wow. What was life like growing up? And do you remember when your heart and your spirit started to awaken to the presence and move of God? And what was that? that what was that like? Wow, that's such a loaded question. Um, I think it's important to mention I have three other siblings and we're all super close. Um, I grew up in a household where um, we were really close as a family. I mean, we still are really close as a family. Um, I grew up in North Carolina, and there was a time, uh, it was about 2008 when the market crashed. Um, that was really, I think, just monumental in my life because my family, um, we started taking away like our TV, wow. started taking away, you know, uh, the bouginess of life and just kind of going down to the bare, you know, essentials essentially and um, I just remember my mom really turning to scripture in that time and um, starting to like repeat scripture to my siblings and I before we leave for school and that was like the beginning of like really being introduced to God 
And um, my mom, when she would speak these this scripture, these scriptures over my life um, and all of us as we were leaving for school, I just would get these like warm, fuzzy feelings inside my heart. And it it just kept me wondering like, wow, like this is so special. Like, what is this? And um, I'd come home from school and I'd find myself in my bedroom, you know, reading the word of God because I just wanted that that feeling of peace and that that warm, fuzzy feeling when my mom would speak those truths. And um, at the same time, my mom would be telling us stories about, hey, trust your gut. Um, and my mom would we'd be in the car ride and she's like, hey, if you ever feel uncomfortable, like trust your gut. Like God gives us these nudges in our heart to like lead us and to guide us, to protect us. Yeah. And so from a really young age, um, I had no idea, but she was teaching me to listen to Holy Spirit. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, I, I think my first memory of all of that and it, and it really being so real to me was when I was about 12 years old. And um, yeah, God just meeting me in my bedroom and him him just, um, I, I remember feeling tangibly after like a really tough day, I, w- I went to my word and feeling just this lightness um, and just feeling so much freedom from the word. Wow. So your mom was kind of setting a foundation yeah. in your life. And that kind of came when hard times came, financial yeah. hardship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love to say when you hit rock bottom, you find out who your rock really is. Mm-hmm. And it was so cool. So how old were you? You said you were in the middle school? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. It's funny. I, I tell her about that now. And like, she's asked me so many times, like, Emma, like, how did you, how did you become like so in love with God? And my mom, like, don't you remember when you would speak these scriptures over me? Like, don't you remember like the conversations we had in the car? And she just is like, wow, like I had no idea that impacted yeah. you. Like she doesn't realize like the impact that she's had in my life. I think she does now because I tell her about it all the time. Um, but I mean, that really was the foundation that has set, I think, my life forward. And fast forward, um, like, it just kind of, like, set this trajectory of, like, loving the Word of God and, like, really feasting on it. Mm. Um, We moved when I was a freshman in high school, and we moved to Louisiana. We lived in um, Mandeville, which at the time was— it was, like, the number one suicidal rate in the whole entire United States. So it was just, like, a dark— it was a dark area and I was like very in tuned, like just with, um, I don't know, like people and like what they'd be going through. Like I just have always been really empathetic yeah. and I could just see the darkness that like the people around me were going through. And, um, you know, there's a specific time where I was going through my own darkness. It was just consuming like all around me. Like it just felt like it was consuming like my life. And, um, I started like posting scriptures like on my bedroom wall and when I'd feel fearful, I'd go into my room and just start declaring the word like out loud. And like, it felt like warfare. Like yeah. I was doing, like I was in war, but just like declaring the word of God yeah. over my life and, um, you know, the love of Christ over my life and just pleading the blood of Christ over my family. And um, it's funny, like one time my brother walked in my room and it was like our whole family was going through a lot. We were hosting somebody in our home and, um, Anyways, it just brought like a lot of um, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like heartache, right? Like when you bring a new sibling into your home, it's like adds new dynamics, right? Totally. But my brother would come in my room. He was like, why did your room feel so peaceful? And it was because like the Lord was was dwelling in my room because I had kept inviting him and seeking him. And 
Um, I mean, that was just like, I look back and like, that was another turning point in my life because I really tangibly, like it was like I was experiencing his love and him pursuing me. Um, and then my senior year in high school, we moved again uh, to California. Wow. Um, and that was a tough one because I was leaving everything I had worked my way up to my high school journey. And um, I was pursuing the Air Force Academy at the time and I had a senator nomination and I was like, you know, I really felt like everything was lining up to like, I'm getting in. And then I got that letter the next year when I had, was in California of like, hey, you've been declined. Wow. And um, thinking like, oh my gosh, my whole life is over. Yeah. <laughs> like everything I'd ever planned, you know. Um, and just again, you know, hearing, you know, like when you read and feast on the word of God, I've learned like in your moments of distress, like you'll hear it in your head and he'll and the Holy Spirit will just talk to you but it's the, it's aligned with scriptures, yeah. you know, and and that's been cool to witness. But um, yeah, when I got declined, I just remember God saying, "Do you trust me? Mm-hmm. Do you trust that my plans are bigger than your plans? Mm-hmm. Do you trust that you know I have plans to give you hope and you know an amazing future? Like, do you trust me? Like, seek me first, Emma, and I'll give you the desires of your heart." And um, I didn't know what that meant at the time. And me being stubborn and determined person that I am, I was like, I'm going to reapply again. And um, (laughs) anyways, I did. I ended up getting accepted to um, OCS. So this is like my junior year in college, um, which is officer candidate school. And this time it was for the Marines. And um, I was so set on like, this is it, you know, like this is everything I'd been working my way, my, my life up to. Um, I, I love just the spirit of excellence that the military um, exuded and um, the challenge. I love being challenged because I know like when you, when you challenge yourself, you grow. And I've yeah. always believed like if I'm constantly growing, like I will continue to grow into the person that God's called me to be. Yeah. Um, and so that's why like, I love the, the idea of the military. Anyways, I got accepted and I was in worship and um, actually, actually reading, I was at Bethel, um, I was visiting Jojo, <laughs> um, and I was in worship and it was so clear. It was like clear as day. It was like this echo in my body and, and it really sounded like my thoughts. It wasn't like an audio, audible like voice of God, but I knew it wasn't my thoughts because I, I didn't create it, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Like I wasn't, I wasn't meditating on it. Like it just came out of nowhere. And it was like, um, and it, and it wasn't like, I talked to myself like Emma, you know? And it was like, Emma, like, this is not what I have for you. I have something different for you. Like, do you trust that? Like, will you trust that I have something in store for you? That's not the military. Like, will you lay this down at my feet? Like, will you trust me in this? And I just remember bawling my eyes out because I knew what that meant of like, God, like I'm about to sacrifice everything I've ever worked my way to, any everything that I've ever hoped, dreamed, and imagined, and like you're asking me to lay this down, and um, I did, oh. I did it at sheer obedience because um, I just knew that's what the Father was asking me to do, and like my parents, my family, everybody, like my teachers, everybody, like whoever knew me was like, what are you doing, like? this has been your dream. This is everything you're working your way up to. Like you're crazy, you know? And, and I know I was like, it looks like I was crazy. (laughs) And I just remember praying like, God, I want to look like a fool for you. (laughs) Um, and I did, I looked like a fool to everyone around me. Um, but it's so cool because like at the same time, 
hopefully I'm not talking too much. But, no, you're good. We um, love it. At the same time, like I had this desire to be a wife, like a desire to be a mom, like a desire to be a leader, a leader of the next generation. Like, um, and I didn't know how like being a wife and a mom was gonna like tie into the military. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my faith, because my faith is just um, like I knew it was gonna be dark, right? The military, and I love the darkness because God calls us to shine bright, you know. Um, but I didn't know how those all my desires were gonna fit in. Anyways. I did turn away and um, the Lord, you know, was very clear. All right, Emma, like erase your whiteboard. Everything that you've ever, you know, planned, like erase it. And so I did. And he just said, okay, like, um, sort of like asking me questions. Like I was just med- like meditating and journaling. Yeah. And I just, it was just like, I was prompted by questions. Like, what is it about the military that you loved? Um, and what is it that you want? And um, at the same time, I was working at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I love Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A? <laughs> <laughs> um, I literally bleed Chick-fil-A sauce. Like, <laughs> I love it so much. It's such an amazing. Next to Jesus yes. and Jojo, there's exactly. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> exactly. Um, anyways, my my dad owns a Chick-fil-A in California, and um, I had an opportunity to go through a leadership development program there for college graduates. And... Um, it was clear that I was supposed to work until my debt was paid off okay. for college. And I did. And during that time, I was reading in scripture, like work as if you're working for the Lord, mm. um, where it talks about like the slaves yeah, and yeah, your totally. master, like work as if you're working for the Lord. And so I did, I worked for like a year and a half after graduation of just like, I was working for my dad as if I was working for the Lord, wow. uh, like my father in heaven. And Man, there's so many times and stories within that, but I want to say like on track um, and kind of fast forwarding to now, like being there and pouring out my heart, like actually like the leadership team elevated me to like uh, my uh, the role that I ended at, which was the human resource director and um, which led me to where I'm at now is in Ohio. Um, we had operators all over coming to visit our store to figure out what we were doing to like retain people. Mm. Um, and Mr. Tony Morgano came, who's the Medina Chick-fil-A operator, and he saw what um, I was doing, and he met JoJo, and um, it was just like such a great opportunity because we were in a place where we were newly married and ready for like a new change, like a yeah. new challenge. And so he offered us to move to Ohio, and we did, and we left everything behind, all of our comforts. Um, JoJo left a job behind and it was really cool though because Jojo was so um supportive to me in that. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. So lots to unpack there, but a couple things I wanna highlight and I wanna yeah. hear from Jojo. Thank you so much for sharing. Um I love that your mom said, listen to your gut. And I love that in that she was teaching you not just to listen to your conscience, not just to listen to your follow your heart, because our heart can lead us astray sometimes, but listen to that Holy Spirit. My friend describes it as listening to the knower inside. Sometimes you just know it or, you know, people joke around like when you're in a situation or if you're around a person that's not good for you, it's like your spidey sense, you know, (laughs) something inside you before you even know and recognize the Holy Spirit, it's guiding you. There's something that is making you feel a little weary or uncomfortable in situations or, you know, like your brother when he walked into your that room Mm -hmm. of like, wow, I feel so much peace. Like Mm -hmm. he was sensing the presence of God 
and he probably didn't even know it then. Right. Um, and I love that your mom set the foundation of you, uh, of declaring scripture over you guys, but that birthed the hunger in you mm-hmm. to when you were going through your own dark night of the soul, your own hard time in Louisiana, that you sought the Lord for you. And yeah. and so that's so cool how your mom modeled that and then how you made it your own, um, you know, because faith is a journey. It's a step-by-step journey. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes it just looks like, okay, like if you don't know how to hear from God, well, learn how to read from God, you right, know, right. learn how to read from him yeah. and you'll be able to hear from him. So, so good. Thank you so much for sharing. Excited mm-hmm. to, to hear part two of this, but I want to get to Jojo. Jojo, what's up, bro? Life is awesome. <laughs> I think you've been Life the, is awesome. You, I've never seen you this quiet before. <laughs> I'm in podcast mode. <laughs> um, but Jojo, I'd love to hear a little bit about your story. How did you grow up and how did you become you and first sense the presence and move of God in your life? This is really fascinating. Thank you so much, Ryan, for asking. So to answer that question, it's going to take some, it's going to take some deep reflection. And it will take us into some dark times, but I promise you. God is a good God and there's, there's a good ending here. So hang on for the ride. So I started out, um, my family was a regular American family, football nights, you know, we had movie night, Friday night, my dad would do Sunday football and grandparents were over a lot. But at the age of five, my folks joined a Mennonite community and our life was completely flipped upside down. So we started sewing our own clothes. We started growing our own food. We pretty much lived off the grid. We still had electricity, but we like bought our own farm. We had, we raised everything from the ground. And so from an early age, I was taught to work hard. I was taught a great work ethic. I spent probably, I would probably more than 80% of my life outdoors um, besides sleeping. And so there was many nights I did sleep in the barn during calving season, but that's, that's a side. But growing up, I was taught work was how you were accountable to your brother. Work was how you worshiped God. You're basically your performance on your lifestyle and how righteous you were was based on your life. You were graded every day based off your conversations, the way you looked, the way you dressed, the way you presented yourself, and also your work ethic. And so people that were super righteous in the community I lived in were very hard workers. And so from an early age, I was taught that obviously if I wanted to get God's approval, I would definitely need to work hard. And so I had an incredible work ethic growing up, thanks to my parents. Um, unfortunately, we did go through a very dark time in our family, seven, eight, nine years old. Um, a lot of a lot of issues in our home, unfortunately. Abuse was going on, and my parents were just trying to figure out how to raise eight children. They've never done that. They're both single children in their homes. All right, so hold up, hold up for a second. Stop, wait a minute. Did you just say you have seven brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have three other brothers and four sisters. <laughs> wow. Four and four. Wow. Yep. And where are you in that order? Right in the center. Right fourth, in the center. Okay. Fourth and the oldest. Yep. And so going into like my, going into my early teens, I struggled with a ton of anger. I was just wrathful, so angry. And I had a lot of um, personal health issues as well. So I would, I was a chronic bedwetter and I carried a lot of shame with that. And a lot of people would come over and they would pray over me. And some people thought it was demons. Doctors thought it was my parents' abuse. Um, it was uncurable. I, in, I had it until my, my early twenties. And so growing up, I struggled with a ton of shame. I had a mountain of shame carrying around because everything bad that happened in my life, I thought happened because God didn't like me. I was under the impression that if you got sick is because God was actually trying to punish you. He's like, here, flick, 
I'm going to flick you on the head type of an attitude. I'm going to bop you on the head with a bat or whatever it was. And so growing up, very fearful mindset. Um, There's some good news that came through this all. At age 14, my parents led me to the Lord. It was a miraculous moment. I remember the moment I gave my heart to Jesus. I felt significantly different. I felt renewed. I felt relief. I felt an insane pressure of me going straight to hell. I felt like my whole trajectory had changed. And it was interesting. I originally gave my heart to Lord because of fire insurance. I, I didn't want to go to hell. And <laughs> fire so, insurance. yes, I'm just going to say it. But then after I gave my life to Jesus, I immediately knew that it was more than that, mm. but I didn't know what it was. Mm. And so a month later I get baptized and an elder walks up to me and says, welcome into the church. You're, you're a member now. And I look up at him. I'm like, wait, how, how come I'm a member in the Mennonite community? I, I didn't sign any papers. Like he said, well, in the Mennonite church, when you're baptized, you're automatically registered as a member. So welcome, you're a brother now. And so from that day on, I was being groomed as an elder. So a number of them came up to me and they were like, hey, we see potential in you to become a leader in the church. You know, I was very passionate about everything. And so I, I, I really started studying the scriptures religiously. But I studied the scriptures for mileage. I didn't study the scriptures to know God's heart. I studied the scriptures like Saul did when he was persecuting the early church. I Mm. studied it to tear people apart. Mm. I was the one you saw on the streets holding up signs saying, you know, you all will be gnashing your teeth if you don't change your ways or something like that. And I hit so many people on the head with scriptures. And then when I was uh, 18, we had a big move again. My parents are very nomadic and I love that about them. They're very adventurous. Um, and I blessed them. We moved again after, um, many, many moves growing up. We moved again when I was 18. So everything uprooted, boom, we moved to a colony. So it was on a scale of one to 10 of strictness. It was a solid 9.9. Um, it was very strict. Everything was controlled. You had to ask permission to go to town. You had to ask permission for money. You, everything wasn't common. So we would wash our laundry in the middle of the colony. No one had washing machines in our homes, you know, all the ladies were commanded to make all the food. Us men never lifted a finger when it came to food, except for maybe twice a month we grilled outside or something. But like, it was such a sterile environment. And yet I loved it. I was fully embracing it. Like this was my life. And I felt like it was my calling. So I'm working, you know, 12 hour days. I'm teaching choir. I have a, I have a boys choir at that time I put together and God starts giving me songs and the move of God happened in my life when I was 14, when I gave my life to the Lord, but I had gotten so religious from age 14 to 19, 18, that I had lost touch with what the Holy Spirit was. Wow. And the Holy Spirit in my life was strictly being righteous. Mm. It was being free from sin. Mm. And so I was just always very careful what I said. And if I ever did, I would, you know, repent and not take communion that Sunday because I would be scared. I'd be stricken with a light, lightning bolt or something. So I'm, I'm 18 years old now, I'm living in the colony. I turned 19 and I'm having this, these episodes where I would wake up at two in the morning with a burning sensation inside of me. And it felt like I needed to use the restroom, but it wasn't that. It was like a spiritual birth happening in my soul. And I would have these songs and they would just be written in 15 minutes or less. My brother was there to witness it all. And we had a piano in our room and we would just get four simple, simple chords and we'd just write whole entire worship songs, dumping our heart out to the Lord. And we would teach them to the choir the next week. And these choirs would go on and we would sing it at weddings. We'd sing it at events. And the word spread really quickly that someone within the colonies was writing music. 
And I knew that God was encountering me because I started reading Acts and I saw that when the Holy Spirit fell on people, they started speaking in tongues, they started singing and praising God, they started dancing, they started doing a lot of fun things. They went on an adventure with God. Yeah. And so during that time, I also had a hockey accident. It's just a crazy things happening. I felt like God had judged me during that. So God had given me a gift of songwriting and then all of a sudden I had this face altering life-changing accident yeah like hit in the face hit in the the face i almost lost my lower lip i my whole lower i almost lost half my teeth it was nasty so a a year of surgeries ensued and the church sort of became relaxed with their restrictions on me so they started sending me to town without an accountability partner so i'm writing songs at the moment i'm teaching them to the choirs but yet every day i wake up feeling that god's slapping me on the face for the gift he's given me and so i couldn't i was so confused ryan I was so confused on the move of God in my life at that time because religion had such a hold on me that the enemy was trying to steal the move of God from my life. Yeah. So I go to town and I start visiting other pastors. I'd walk in on like a Thursday afternoon and the worship band is practicing. I just walk in the auditorium. I'm this, this how to write kid in my traditional farm clothes. And they're like, Whoa, who are you? And I'm like, Hey, I'm Jojo. What are you guys doing here? And they're like, Whoa. And they would all gather around me. We start talking about life and I'd ask them a million questions because I had no clue what was going on out in the world. And so at that point it started a discovery, a discovery process for me where I started discovering the outside world for the first time. Wow. And so I didn't tell anybody because if I did, I would have been instantly removed from all places of authority. I was, I was preaching on Sundays. I was teaching the youth group. I was co-leading the youth. I was being a, co- a youth pastor at the time. And so I knew very, I knew the system very well that if you show one sign of weakness, you will de- be demoted for years. It's not just a month or two. You don't get chastised calmly. It's, it's a very severe punishment if you show signs of any weakness. Yeah. And so now I'm 20 and I start struggling with depression for the first time. And I didn't have any gauge in my life what depression was. All I could describe it as was a hollow, empty feeling where I didn't want to eat, yet I ate because I needed the energy. And so I would force feed myself, go to work, drink my tea at three o'clock, take a 29 minute nap, get back to work by 3.30 and do the rest of the day. And then, you know, church was at six and then I'd work in the afternoon, the evening if I needed to. So my days were on a clockwork every minute was accounted for wow yeah i was feeling so empty at that time so i i'm 20 years old and i i gave god an ultimatum i got so dark and empty there was a massive fight that broke out in my home unfortunately there was a lot of um, arguments that went on ragers just stuff it was very abusive in my home at that time and i ran to my bedroom one night after a big fight and i said god i don't know why you've placed me on this earth but i gave him an ultimatum i said i i don't want to live anymore you either show me why i'm here because i'm so confused because I know you've been moving in my life, but it's so confusing because I was being attacked by the religion. I was being attacked by the enemy and I didn't know the difference. And so I had a radical encounter a week later. Um, I had an out-of-body experience. I experienced the father's love for the first time. I was physically healed. I woke up from that vision after experiencing the father in heaven, a brand new person. I had no depression. I was physically healed of bedwetting for 20 plus years of my life. I was healed of celiac, which is a gluten intolerance. I would break out in an involuntary rash and fall asleep 30 minutes later when I would eat gluten before that. So I woke up with two physical things and one internal thing healed from that. And the church thought I was crazy. They're like, you are possessed by a demon. I said, how can Beelzebub cast out its own? Mm -hmm. In the scriptures, it says very clear. So Mm -hmm. I had an awakening 
of the move of God in my life. So God moved on me. He breathed on me. And I woke up out of the sleep. I woke up out of the slumber of religion. I woke up out of the matrix and I, I saw everything for the first time. I was like, I just got red pilled. Wow. And it was, it was scary. Wow. Because right after that, I was pretty much, when you leave the colony, you're disinherited. Yeah. You have no access to finances anymore. And I, I ran off. I, I escaped. Thankfully, my older sister had <laughs> obeyed the move of God nine years earlier. She had a place for me to stay when I left. Wow. Um, she had been disowned. She had been pretty much shunned all those years. And I had been part of the shunning. And when God woke me up, man, I was like, whoa, I've been living wrong this whole time. And it's the scariest thing to 15 plus years of a life. You realize we're just, you were chasing squirrels up the wrong tree or you were just, you were driving down the wrong road. Yeah. And so I'm 21. I'm living in Oklahoma now with where where my sister was and bless her heart. Her and her husband are absolute angels. And within a year I had finished, like gone through a lot of my inner healing. I had a pastor down there that walked me through it. His name was CJ Ellis. He's still a good friend of mine today. But God moved on my heart to move to California. And I felt like this burning desire to move to California. And so I asked around, asked my mentors. I said, hey, is this, is this me? Is this, is this actually a good idea for me to move to California? I want to be a filmmaker. I feel like God's calling me into the creative arts. And every single one of them resounded like, yes, we, we see that it's going to be hard for us to let you go from this church but we see God has a greater call in your life. And so out of faith with a few dollars in my pocket, um, a friend picked me up and we drove across uh, a 30 hour drive to California in a cramped little car. And once I arrived in California, I didn't know why I was there. Met some friends. We ended up renting a place together. God sparked an amazing uh, fellowship in California. The Ehrman family, they still live there. They opened their house to me. They were, they've still are, they're like my family and they allowed me to have a completely new life in California. That's where I met Emma. God opened the door for me to meet my wife there. When I met her, I was still had a lot of like religious, like ties in my heart. And so I was very traditional with everything I did, (laughs) (laughs) like asking her father, if I could please date her daughter, like please date his daughter before I even talked to Emma about like the first date or anything. But anyways, long story short. We went on our first date. It was game over after that. But Mm. God moved on my heart and I obeyed. And it was the scariest thing. But yet it was the most amazing adventure. And it gives me chills. And it wakes me up again thinking about it now. Yeah. Because the move of God on my heart was just an opportunity that opened at the moment. It wasn't like this huge angel visiting me. It was like an opening and other people confirming that, yes, this is God's move in your life. Wow. Man, that is, I feel like a movie could be, you know, filmed right now. Talking about filming, maybe yeah. you're uh, going to have a movie someday about, really. about this. Um, <laughs> but wow, man, you know, I was just thinking as you were talking about Ephesians, Ephesians 2, you know, what says, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Amen. Um, and, and, you know, the enemy does that, right? He tries to take something that is free, something that is full of grace and love mm. and mercy and say, oh, you got to work for it. Mm. You got to earn it. But, you know, it is, it's also scripture also says he who knew no sin became sin so that Mm -hmm. we could be made the righteousness of God. It is Mm -hmm. what Jesus did, not what we did. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's so powerful that God used what the enemy meant for evil 
for good and to awaken you and free you from religion to awaken you and bring you into relationship. Amen. Yeah. And the number one way the enemy will keep the move of God from happening in your life is through confusion. Hmm. He will make your relationship confusing. He will make your church relationships confusing. He will make your purpose confusing. And if you're confused, you're not moving anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so, and talk about an adventure. I mean, you know, both of you guys have these adventures of like, I'm going for the Air Force Academy, moving a lot. I mean, literally, we're talking about the move of God. You've geographically moved. I think, Emma, you said three times. Jojo, you said, what, like multiple times moving. And then you kind of break free from this cultish life to, you know, man, thank God for your sister. You know, Mm -hmm. um, I wonder how many you're going to go back and rescue, you know, and people are going to move in with you, but you go to your sister's house and then you just listen to the voice of God in your gut, in your heart to go to California, not knowing why, not knowing what, but wow, the Lord leads you to your wife She's working at Chick-fil-A. Her family becomes your family. You get involved in Chick-fil-A. And then God used Chick-fil-A to bring you to Ohio. Yeah. Wow. So now, fast forward, it's 2022, almost 23. You're in Cleveland, Ohio. You guys left sunny, warm California. You've been here about a year and a half. Been married how many years now? Two. Two years. And... You have some special <laughs> news. Yeah, we have a baby boy coming. Come on. <laughs> baby Jojo's coming on the way. On the yeah. way. <laughs> wow. And did you guys say you have a name picked out yet? Or are you still praying? We're it's s- top secret. It's top more secret <laughs> than Area 51. All right. Well, we're, <laughs> yeah, we're so excited. And, and when's the due date? for May. May, May 16th is wow. what they shared. Wow. Yeah. May flowers, you know. Bloom, That's right. blooming, um, new life in spring comes to life. Wow. And um, so you guys are, are about to have a baby. Mm-hmm. You've been married two years. You're in Cleveland. And so what's what's next in life? Um, what's next? Uh, do you guys feel like God is calling you to a new adventure? Talk to us a little bit about that. So, um, yeah, I guess I'll go back just a little bit. So before we moved to Ohio, Um, Jojo and I knew that like, this was where God was calling us. Um, we had always wanted to be like missionaries. Um, we'd always ask God to like send us overseas, but he was very clear. Like Emma, like if you aren't willing to go to Ohio, like why would I send you overseas? And so Jojo and I were kind of kicking and screaming at first to move to Ohio because we didn't know where it was on the map, but (laughs) we've loved Ohio. Um, and so, but kind of just saying that because it was a short term, um, it was a short, short-term mission in the sense of like God was calling us here to be here for a year. We had no idea what the year was going to consist of or what was after. It was just clear like that was our timeline. And so um, in August, go ahead. Yeah, in August, it was it, it was incredible because I want to set, set the stage here for something. I just want to set perspective. Emma had a really great job in California. I had a really great job with one of my best friends there. And we, it was going good. Like there was no logical reason we should accept an opportunity in Ohio. It did not make sense on paper. And it was the most painful decision in the flesh to actually step into faith. Is step into using our eyes of faith, getting that trusted sword of the spirit out and like the word of God and being obedient to the call God had in our life and saying, are we willing to risk it all? Go somewhere. We have no clue who, who, who lives there. 
I, I, when I moved here, I was Googling churches. Wow. And then a month, a couple months later, I actually found Bethel on the map. It was the incredible, most incredible thing. And looking at Emma and I's timeline from California to here, we kept checking in with our mentors. We kept checking in with the people in our life, our circle that our Holy Spirit inspired to check in. Wait, is this the move of God or is this just our desires? Yeah. Because it can be confusing, right? Yeah. It can be confusing. And just because something's in our heart doesn't mean it's from God. And I also think just because a door opens doesn't mean we're supposed to walk through it. Right. Um, it says in scripture that in in God's timing, he makes all things beautiful. Mm-hmm. It says in Proverbs to trust the Lord with all of your heart, to acknowledge him, you know, and he will lead us on, on paths that he, he makes straight. And so how have you discovered that and what does that look like now in this next step? Yeah. So um, revisiting in August, um, me and Jojo were praying and we were really seeking the Lord on like, okay, Lord, there are years coming up. What is it that you have in store? And um, that ha- past year, like we had been exploring like two different opportunities, um, but one was with pursuing Chick-fil-A corporate and it's a super competitive process. It's it's almost like becoming an officer in the military competitive style. Like it's, it's very intense. Um, they're very thorough with who they're right gonna let represent them as a brand, yeah. and um, you know we we both agree that okay, you know if this is God's will, like we know it's gonna be Him because the door is gonna open. Um, you know I'm pretty young, and so you know corporate jobs like they're. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I would just say they're more older and they have a lot of experience. And I guess I I do have a lot of business experience um, in my short time of living um, just because of my family and all the things that I've been able to do. But um, Jojo and I, we decided, okay, we're going to apply for, you know, this job opportunity in Atlanta, Georgia, and it's called Talent Development Program. Um, so it's a it's a it's a 32 month program where they're pouring into you and developing you, um, essentially like exposing you to everything at corporate. But, um, you know, it. but sorry, kind of going backwards and staying on track. So we went, I went through this interview process and it was about a four month, five month interview process. And Jojo and I were praying the whole time through it. Um, but there was a moment where I got to the face to face interview where they brought me to corporate office and I was praying and worshiping and, um, again, like declaring just scripture over my life, you know, just to, um, Joshua one, one, right. One nine, you know, um, do not be afraid or discouraged, Let's go. Um, you know, for the Lord God is with me wherever I go. And just saying, God, you're going before me, you know, you're going before me in this, in this day tomorrow. Like, um, and anyways, it was like a flashback. It was like, God literally like gave me this like moment of just like flashing back all of my memories of like, you know, the moments that I had acted in obedience of like turning down the academy or sorry, OCS and um, being obedient in that. And then he was showing me like, Emma, like, isn't this so cool? Like, these are all your desires right here. And, you know, I love Chick-fil-A because they're so um, focused on care. They're so focused on service. They're focused on, you know, you as a person and like your family and, um, you know, what's next in your life and how can we partner with you to like grow you to that next place? Like um, they're really focused on the whole person. Right. Um, And so anyways, that's what I love about Chick-fil-A. And it was just like God was showing me like, Emma, like when you seek me first, I will give you the desires of your heart. But back then, I didn't know that this was even an opportunity. 
Um, I didn't know that I could be pursuing this similar thing to the military and be married and be expecting a child. Um, And it was just like so cool to see God be such a good father and really like lay out really what Jojo and I are about to be stepping into. And um, it all started from like those small yeses, you know, years before this opportunity was even presented. It wasn't like, it was one big yes, you know, for Jojo and I to be going into this next endeavor. It was like a thousand little yeses um, that Jojo and I both have made, you know, apart and together to now lead us, you know, we'll be going to Atlanta, Georgia here. And it feels like God's calling us like to almost like to another mission, you know, Mm -hmm. like another sphere of like where we're going to be influenced and we're going to be influencing others. And um, it's just so cool because I've, we both have learned so much in this past year. Um, One thing that was like a non-negotiable was like, God, if you're sending us to Ohio, like we request that you send us community. And within the first week, like God gave us community supernaturally, like ridiculously supernaturally, like we connected with you guys, like, and it just felt like you you were our brother um, and family. And then, you know, we met Angel and Madison and all the friends that we have here in Young Adult um, in the move. And it's just been such a blessing. And so, like, this has been God's testimony of His faithfulness, like, moving here in Ohio. And so we know, like, God is going to—He's still faithful. And, and we're going to just watch more of His promises unfold when we say yes to this new adventure. Absolutely. And this last year has been a walk of faith for me as well, because I chose not to get an hourly job. And instead, I launched my own small business again, again, again. And in the past, I've done a lot of filmmaking. I've, I've had the opportunity to work with some great content creators. But in February, God laid it on my heart one night to go write up a contract for a business down the street from me. And that launched the this, this social media marketing business that I'm in today. But it was a specific word from God that he gave me that night to steward an opportunity that I had. And every single month he would double it. It was the strangest thing. When a smaller client would leave, he'd bring a client twice that size in. And it was the most incredible thing. Go ahead, Em. Well, no, I just think it's so cool to note, like Jojo and I have always journaled. And it's like when God speaks to you, you want to write it down. Um, and like you listening, like whenever God speaks in your life, write it down because you'll never know if that's going to be a testimony that you may forget later down the road of God's faithfulness. If you know, you don't write it down. So when you write it down, it's writing your scribe essentially of God's faithfulness to you in your life. Absolutely. And the one thing that God's been teaching me is to be faithful in the seasons growing up as a farmer. We had to be so faithful with our seed. You don't want to grind up your seed and eat it in the winter. You save your seed. You plant it in the spring carefully. You make sure you plant it after the last frost. You make sure that you plant it when it's right. And then you cherish it. You nurture it. You steward it. And in the summer, you keep all the pests from eating it. And then that move of God can keep growing and growing. And it compounds into this amazing garden. And one thing that God's been teaching me about obeying him and allowing him to move in my life is to not let other people steal the move of God from my life. Yeah. So not letting people out there that have their own agendas, maybe a flashy opportunity, but didn't go, no, Lord, what are you asking me? What are you asking me to be obedient in right now? And so it's just been going over and over in my mind. You have to be faithful with your seed. And so right now I'm speaking as a seed sower. I haven't reaped a lot of amazing things in my life yet. I've just been planting a ton of seed Mm. and in, the short year I've been here, we've had so many amazing friendships, including yours. Mm. And so there's been so many things I could say 
about the move of God here in Ohio. But the biggest one is, is you have to be faithful with what you're given. Yeah. Be faithful with what you're given and God will move through you gloriously. Yeah. It's just thinking through both of your stories, mm. faithful with the little, you'll mm-hmm. be faithful with much. And it's in those small yeses that he was asking you to say yes to, of starting just getting into the word and spending time with him and yes to step into new things or no to not go into new things. And yet you are faithful, you were obedient, you trusted when everyone else thought you looked crazy, you yeah. were crazy for Jesus. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I love that quote that, that said, you know, um, I'm willing to be a fool for you, but whose fool are you going to be? You know, like that, like Jesus came, he humbled himself Mm -hmm. to be made look. He he was made to look foolish in the world's eyes, but he was redeeming us in his father's eyes. It's so good. And so um, he had this different reality of knowing what he was doing and why he was doing it for. So um, as you think about now, and as we kind of start to wrap things up a little bit, um, you know, what have you learned through all the twists and turns of life and how have you learned to really sense the move of God in your life? Um, and I guess, you know, for anyone listening who maybe doesn't know how to hear God's voice or how, you know, do I date this person or, or not do this person or, or, all right, I don't like my job. Does that mean I need to get a new job? Like, you know, there's so much movement, um, in life, but especially when you're a young adult, you know, literally, I mean, think about all the times you guys have moved already and right. change. How do we stay anchored to his presence in the midst of it? So this is going to be like a five point thing. So if you, this is going to sort of apply to multiple different people here. First off, seek peace. Seek peace. If you seek the peace of God, it will cause your heart to be calm mm-hmm. and will allow you to make wiser decisions. When I'm very excited and I love I get excited so quick. <laughs> I don't make good decisions when I'm pumped, like on the top of a mountain. God has to bring me to a quiet place, and that's when the best decisions are made. That's how I met her, when I was in my quiet place. Mm -hmm. Um, Learn, if you have a spouse, learn to allow God to move through your spouse. This journey that we've been on the last year and a half, two, three years, actually, I've had to surrender to God on a whole new level, on my dreams and my ambitions, to allow God to move through my wife, Emma, because I'm realizing that my role as a husband is to make sure my queen shines. Mm. And God's called me to lay my life down for her. And I'm not perfect at all, bro. I, I'm, there's a lot of things that I do wrong. But I do know one thing, that God is moving through my spouse significantly. And then thirdly, I would say, go into your life. Go back into your journal. Read the times that God has already spoken to you. If you don't write those things down, start now. Because as humans, we forget. We forget when God has moved in our life. We are forgetful people by nature. We forget people's names. We forget people's birthdays. And sometimes we forget when God's moved in our life. You have to document it. So first, seek his peace. Recognize who God is moving through. So if God's not speaking to you directly right now, find someone that God is moving through, whether it's a good friend, a pastor, a mentor, or your spouse. And then document or go back and find those moments in your life that God's moving through, through, through your life. And you will, it will create momentum. It will create this powerful momentum for you to get out of the dark fog that you find yourself in. Because any time in my life that I've been going through a dark fog and Emma's watched me go through it many times, it's just like this weird conundrum where I was having an epiphany where like, oh, why didn't I go back into the journal? How come I didn't dive into God's word? So I'm just warning you, you could avoid weeks of depression, months of depression. If all you do is just first seek God's peace, go get connected to community. And then thirdly, document the powerful thing that God's doing in your life. Mm-hmm. 
it, it, it sets you up for so much success. And I hope that answered the question, but that will allow the Holy Spirit to just like move so incredibly through your life. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it's the word of God. Like, you know, maybe you're like, how do I hear the, the voice of God? Um, and it's the word. Like I see it as a love letter that he left his children. And um, one time I was really convicted because I was like, Lord, I'm not hearing you. And he's like, well, when was the last time you read my love letter to you? Mm. And I was like, wow, you're right. And so, um, you know, read the word of God because it is a love letter that he has left for us as his children. And always pray like before you open the word up to just ask the Lord to soften your heart and to like toil the soil in your heart so that the word of God, which is a seed, will be planted. And then that seed will be landing on good soil. And so just pray before you read the word and just ask the Lord to make your heart good soil. Um, and something that I've really learned like throughout my life, like we as humans are more spiritual than we give ourselves credit for sometime. We live in such a busy, noisy world. Um, but we really are like, first we came from the Lord. Like he knew us before he put us in our mother's womb. So that's insinuating that we have come from heaven, like we've come from the Lord. And so if if he is our maker, then we are designed and created to to recognize him. And so um, to make it simple, like we have three thought patterns. I like to like just make it simple and say that like, which is true. So like I'm going to give you an exercise. Like if you close your eyes um, and you envision an animal, um, think of an animal right now. Think of the color of the animal, like what the animal does is like a verb. And then like say it out loud in a sentence if you did that, if you did just did that, like I'm thinking of a dog who's wagging his tail and like um, jumping up and down wanting a treat. Like, you know, you're envisioning, you're creating that, that thought. And so that's what it feels like to create a thought. But there's something that I learned in psychology called an intrusive thought, which is like an urge or um, a thought process that you don't want. And it comes out of nowhere. It's a very spontaneous thought, but you don't want it there. And I learned that in psychology and it's so funny because I'm like, well, isn't that just like the lie of the enemy? Like you suck or you're not worthy or nobody wants you here. Like that's an intrusive thought. Like you didn't create that thought and you don't want that thought there. So again, like, so that's a second thought. So from the enemy, it's a lie. And then third, if it's encouraging or edifying or lifting you up or giving you direction and it gives you peace in your heart, like you're hearing from the Lord. And sometimes it sounds a lot like maybe your own thoughts, but if you didn't create it, it's either coming from the enemy or the Holy Spirit. And so just like when you read the word of God, though, it helps you identify when the Lord does speak to you. So hopefully that helps. But if you can identify those three patterns in your mind, um, then you'll be able to take authority over your mind um, and hold those thoughts captive when they're intrusive. Um, it says that we have as children authority and that word authority means like policeman, like on this earth, like policeman authority and captivity means jail. So we literally have to be policeman to our thoughts and throw them in jail. Mm. So like throw, like hold our thoughts captive when they're intrusive. Um, and like the war to me in my whole entire life has always been in my mind. And I think that's probably true for a lot of people. So if you can control your mind and win the battle in your mind, like you'll be able to see just the move of God in your life because that takes spiritual discipline to recognize that. Mm -hmm. Totally. 
Yeah, and that's why scripture talks about, mm. you know, the need, not just the encouragement, but the need to renew our minds yeah. and align it with the word of God, which is the truth of mm. God. Um, and to ask the Lord, Lord, what are the lies? What am I believing? What's not of you? And I love that you guys described in any geographical, physical move, you've sought mentors, you've mm-hmm. sought the word of God, you've sought the peace of God. It's not just like, okay, we're going to do this, you know, and jumping all around. You, you know, you're now, Jojo, your moves you know, also, you know, um, require Emma and your soon to be child to move and and vice versa. So you're a team. Um, and it's practicing the presence of God. It's practicing the move of God. It's learning to recognize it in the little. So that way you can recognize it in the big, it's learning to recognize it in the peace. So that way you can recognize it in the storm and Mm -hmm. in the chaos. So man, so encouraging guys. So encouraging. Well, I know we're, we're out of time and I, I feel like we could sit here another hour with you guys, but is there, is there any last, thing that you want to lead any of the leave any of the audience who's listening with yeah you should sing a rap jojo <laughs> okay i'll do that here in a minute so i have i had a word this morning your word O lord have i hidden have i hidden in my heart that i may not sin against you so if anyone that's listening to this is struggle with a lot of intrusive thoughts just wash yourself in god's word mm-hmm. if you don't have access to spotify if you go on youtube you can find hours of scripture of psalms yeah. and proverbs turn it on play it put on a repeat and listen to that wash yourself in the word i just literally felt right now the urge to say wash yourself in god's word and you will experience the move of god on a whole new level in this next season it's a lot closer than you think yeah yeah and it's a lot easier than we think it's the simple gospel yeah there's this amazing song called simple gospel by united pursuit mm-hmm. i think someone's supposed to listen to that and also this song has been beating on my heart the whole time you guys have been talking it's an oldie but a goodie but word of god speak by mercy me um Amen. word of god speak by mercy me i think it's by mercy me but word of god speak um and it's such a powerful powerful song soak in that sit in that and uh listen to him speaking to your heart mm-hmm. and your soul Amen. Ephesians 3.20 comes to my mind that I just want to leave with everybody that is listening. Um, And the reason why is because I feel like this is the verse that has just been echoing through. And when I first read it, it blew my mind. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe God literally says this in his word. Hold on one second. 3.20. Okay, I have it. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for mm-hmm. His miraculous power constantly energizes you. Wow. Come on, That's man. Good. Well, Emma, why don't you just pray that over everyone who's listening yeah. as we close? Jesus, we just thank you so much um, for every single person listening and just this time that we were able to talk together, God. I just ask for that person that has stopped dreaming that may be listening, God. Will you just awaken their childlike wonder yes, all Lord. over again, Lord? And will you just show them how to dream with you? Um, may they dream so big so that, God, that you can blow away that dream with an even bigger realist, real realization um, that they'll be walking in to here shortly because God you get all the glory for the things that just seem impossible so Lord I just ask for a childlike wonder over all of these listeners and um, joy that will strengthen and fuel um, your children Lord we love you and we praise you and we just thank you so much for your truth and the word that you have left with us we say these things in your name amen 
Amen. Well, thank you so much, Jojo and Emma. We love you guys. We bless you guys. Excited to have you lead worship this this Friday and 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 you know spend the move with us before you head out. But anyone who's listening, remember, life is a journey, faith is a journey, and you're not alone on it. God bless you and go out and sense the move of God working in and through your life for such a time as this. Thanks for kicking it with us today. The Move Podcast. If you love the message, we've got more episodes on the way. If you're looking for more ways to get involved, meet us in person the first Friday of every month at our Bethel Cleveland Brunswick campus. Cleveland, Ohio. Also, for more information, follow us on social media at Bethel C-L-E-Y-A. C-L-E-Y-A. to stay updated with our latest events, young adult worship nights, and more. Or check out our website, BethelCleveland.com slash Young Adults. Good morning to you. Feeling like everything is great. I'm loving life because you know what is my fate. It's to follow the Lord. Feeling like everything's going to be good like it should. Okay, you know. I was wondering this morning when I woke up what I was going to do today. So I'm excited so I can say that I ended up being a podcast with Ryan and my babe. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that.